Rising howling tempests oft succeed the bright sunshine. But in that land of perfect day, when the mists have rolled away, we will understand it better by and by. Y'all know that song? It says, by and by when the morning comes, when all the children of God are gathered together at home, we will tell the story of how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord on tonight? Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And can we pray together? Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship that you have so graciously blessed us with. We thank you for this day's journey that started not when the sun came up, but when you rocked us to sleep on last night, God, and how you touched us early this morning, still clothed in our right minds with our mind set on your glory, God. And we are thankful to be here on tonight because there were some that laid down on last night, and if we were to call their names, they'd be unable to answer. Lord, but for our being here, we want to tell you thank you. Father, we want to thank you for how you kept us all throughout our day, God, and allow us to handle the affairs that were assigned to our hands. We ask it, dear Master, Lord, that as we pressed our way out to the house, that you would speak to us on tonight, God, and we pray, dear Lord, that you would use this, your servant, as you've done in times past. Hide me behind your cross, dear Lord. And Father, don't let them see any of me, but have them see all of you. So I'm hidden behind your cross. Give me every word that I need that will resonate with your people. Father, give them receptive, not itching ears to hear what the Spirit is saying in times like these. And when the preaching hour is spent, I ask, dear Lord, that you'll gently nudge me to let me know when I've said enough. And as I take my seat, you take all the honor, you take all the glory, and you take all the praise because you alone are worthy. And we ask these things in the name of the risen Savior, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. In his name we pray, and all God's children said amen. Amen, amen and amen. We give honor to the Lord on tonight, who for reasons of his own has favored me to serve my generation by his will to his son, Jesus, who we are indebted for delivering us from a life of sin and shame and to the comforter, our keeper, our sustainer, and our God. To the pastor of this great church, my dear friend and my brother, and can you put your hands together and help me salute the man of God in the person of Pastor David Jackson. God bless you too. This multitude of the expositors of Christ's gospel that are here in the congregants, God bless you, Pastor Rice, Pastor and Elder, to Reverend Weston down front to Minister Pearson. There's a lot of preachers in here tonight, man. It, you know, all these preachers make me nervous. I always get nervous when there are a lot of preachers in the house. But I thank God for all of you, my brothers and sisters. I need y'all praying for me on tonight. And to Reverend Wilson is here. And to all of the officers of this church. And to all of the visiting churches. We're certainly no strangers in these parts. I've been in Lower Richland for about 10 years now and I learned that everybody related to somebody so even even though the churches got different names and are at different locations it's all the same people on the inside so I'm grateful to be here and I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge the best church on this side of heaven located at 201 Meeting House Road in the city of Hopkins South Carolina 
Amen. Amen. My pastor always said, he said, sorry is the frog that don't croak about his own pond. So I'm glad for Zion Benevolent to uh, these ministers of music that have led us right into the presence of the Lord, to these choirs that have blessed us through worship. And now we're time where we're going to hear what the Lord has to say. Y'all, I have been preaching a lot lately, and it is an incredible blessing every time I have the opportunity to stand and to share with God's people because I've been preaching not so long enough that I don't remember the time when people weren't calling. And I'm grateful for every opportunity to share Christ's gospel because one day my footsteps are going to get shorter. This voice is going to be reduced to a whisper and I won't be able to do then what I'm able to do now. So I'm of the mindset I'm going to give the Lord all that I have while I can. Because I don't know about any of you, but he's been mighty good to me. And I have to tell him that I thank him. But there is a word from the Lord. And it's found in the book of Philippians chapter 4. Very familiar passage of scripture. And some of you might not even have to go to it. But it's Philippians 4 and 4. We're going to begin that fourth verse. Just read that in your hearing. It will serve as the sermonic text. I thank God I would be remiss if I acknowledge everybody but didn't acknowledge my rat, my bojangles, my oogie, my duck, and my cookie. I thank God for my family being here on tonight. Lord, we, uh, we just recently moved to Elgin and typically we come up Garner's Ferry but the church is on this side and we came through on Screaming Eagle Road and y'all that's a bunch of woods back there. Now. <laughs> I bought, a, I bought a car last week. I ain't going to preach too long because I don't want to hit nothing on my way home. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing but woods back there. If you have Philippians 4 and 4, I ask that you say amen for me. And the word of God reads on this wise from the rustic language of the King James Version at Philippians 4 and 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And all God's children said amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor left or right and tell them these words. Tell God thank you. Amen. <laughs> amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you love the Lord and ain't too antisocial on tonight, turn to your other neighbor and tell him, tell God thank you. Tell God thank you. Y'all, the longer I live and... The more I work, the more I travel, I've realized that there's truth to the adage where it says that grace is short-sighted. People have a habit of placing expectations on individuals and everyone usually, I ain't talking about everybody, don't take offense unless you need to, but people usually greet you with a hand out rather than an arm extended in these days. And because the Lord has blessed some of us handsomely and because we have toiled in the vineyards for a long time, have seen the benefits of God's blessings in our life, we don't have a problem giving as the Lord has blessed us. We know that if we give, God is going to give it right back to us. But 
I feel even in that giving and extending my kindness to somebody, there is a common courtesy that my mother taught me in the country in a small town called Varnville, South Carolina. My mama taught me that when somebody does something for you that you couldn't have done for yourself, the very least you can do is say thank you. And yeah. This mentality hasn't just permeated the material world, but it's also crept into the church. Again, I ain't talking about you unless I'm talking about you. But there comes a time where people expect so much from the Lord. We want him to open every door. We want him to fight every battle, to heal every sickness, to pay every bill, move every enemy out of our way, put every song in our shout, and to do all that he can for us. But when it is time to give back to him the very thing that we asked him for when you walk into the sanctuary you almost have to look around on some Sunday mornings to see if a casket is missing down front because people have a tendency nowadays when they get blessed the way that they prayed for they tend to come into the sanctuary feeling justified in their positioning like God owes them something because they decided to come to church on Sunday morning well you got to excuse me but I'd be reminded that it was Jesus, not any one of you that hung on Calvary's hill. It wasn't his sins that he took on the cross, but it was actually your sins that he took on the cross. It wasn't any of your blood that was shed. It was all of his. As much as I know some of y'all, no one of y'all in here had a crown of thorns planted on your head. Nobody had nails in their hands or in their feet. Nobody in here got pierced in the side. So the sanctuary as it relates to worship ain't around one individual, but rather it should be focused on worship to the Lord and to him alone. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. It's to that end that we have to realize that in this state of thanksgiving that is not centered around any one individual. And it blows my mind and aggravates my spirit when I see big-headed church folks where you find folks that feel that the sanctuary can't start, service can't end without their convention or, or their permission. And there comes a day and a time where we have to realize, saints of God, that we have to know the positioning of God, not just in our lives, but also in our worship. So it's to that end that Paul is writing to a church at Philippi, one that he established and encouraged, even while he was in bond, to let them know that regardless of what they were going through and what they were experiencing, everybody got at least something that they can be thankful for. Are y'all with me? Everybody has something that they can be thankful for. If I were to ask you if there was something that you had to complain about, now we got all night. But if I were to ask you to list all the things that God has done for you, couldn't tell it all. In this passage, Paul is writing from an experience it seemed as if he had very little to rejoice about, but you don't know the testimony of Paul quite like Paul did. Some of y'all know it full well, what it feels like for God to change your life. For while he's writing here in Philippians 4, if you go back to Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 9, you'll see that Paul wasn't always the Paul that we know. <laughs> 
And in the same way that we've got pastors, we got deacons, we got trustees and ministers of music in here, we ain't been that all our lives. <laughs> I don't know about any of you, but I'm the kind of preacher that tells the truth about my experience. I wasn't born with a Bible in my lap, nor a cross around my neck. The reason that I can minister to people that are still in nightclubs is because I done been there before. The reason I can tell somebody that the Lord will deliver them from drinking alcohol is because I done had my share of it. Y'all ain't talking to me. The reason I can tell you that the Lord will make a way out of no way when you're in your sin is because he did it for somebody like me. And the reason that Paul could rejoice is because the Lord changed his life. Anybody ever had the Lord to change their life in here? And sometimes when the Lord changes your life and your situation, sometimes for the things that you find yourself having the Lord brought you out of, you have to say, I wouldn't have got out of what I was into if it wasn't for the hand of the Lord. Some of you know your testimony better than anybody else does. And the old saints say, can't nobody tell it quite like I can what the Lord has really done for me because when the change comes over your life it also dictates the way that you respond when you come into the sanctuary for those of you that are saved like I am you don't have to wait for the musicians to put you in the C sharp or an E flat because when you think back of everything that the Lord has done in your life your hands go up by themselves ain't nobody got to tell you to tell God thank you because you remember what the Lord has brought you from from the moment you swing into the sanctuary. As a matter of fact, when you pull into the parking lot, you have to realize I wasn't always where I am right now. And thank God, I thank God he ain't through with me yet. So when I get into here, I'm going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I'm coming into his courts with praise. And if nobody else will lift him to what he's done in my life, my soul has to tell him thank you. can tell him thank you because he changed me. Not only did he change you, some of y'all know what it feels like to have the Lord spare your life. Paul knows that testimony too. The Bible says while he was in prison, he was on a seafaring voyage with other prisoners and a tempest arose at sea. Bible says that the vessel that they were traveling on got busted up and all the prisoners had an opportunity to make a way for escape But when the Lord is keeping you while you're even in your bonds You know that chains might be on you, but who the Sun sets free is really free indeed The Bible says that the one that was uh, uh, That was responsible for watching over them was ready to lose his everlasting mind Paul had already gathered everybody together and they were there safe and sound even though the ship was busted and scattered isn't it amazing, saints of God, that how the winds and the waves can beat upon your life and you should be dead, you should have drowned when what you were going through, even though he was after shipwreck, was gathering firewood, a snake bit him on the hand, he shook it off, and people were wondering what's going on with him with all this kind of calamity happening in his life, but in everything that happened to him, he still had a way of saying, I will lift my eyes into the hills from which cometh my help, because all my help comes from the Lord. Some of 
don't know what it feels like to literally to have hell break loose in your life, to safe passage of life seems to fall all the way aside. The moment it seems that you're trying to get right, things do wrong, and the more you try to walk in God's will, the more the enemy ratchets up his devices, and people look at your life and say, you should have lost your mind a long time ago. You should have thrown in the towel. You should have been quit coming to church, and you have to let somebody know that simply because I'm going through a trial, because I'm going through a storm, it doesn't mean that I'm going to change my testimony, because you don't have the same kind of equity with God like I have. I've been saved long enough to know that because God has brought me through worse before, I'm willing to believe that what I'm going through right now won't be my bitter end. As a matter of fact, it won't be my last day because I know that when God is on my side and his hands are in my hand and my hand is in his hands, I'm realizing that what the enemy might have against me, I know that it won't prosper. Somebody don't know what it feels like to be in a hospital bed. Folks have a tendency to come visit you in a hospital and they ain't always there to pray. I've been visiting hospitals long enough that sometimes folks will come in just to see how really sick you are, to put your business all over Craigslist, even over on the hospitals. But some of y'all can thank God that you don't have to wait for the deacon or the preacher to come. You know how to get in contact with God. You know how to reach Jesus for yourself. I dare to believe that somebody in the house has already told the Lord at least a time or two. Father, my strength, my hands to thee. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Some of us, the enemy had hits on our lives. The day that you get saved, he wants to take you out because your testimony is as powerful as it is. So he sends trials in your life. He sends the hellhounds to press you on every side. He sends sickness and infirmity to begin to overcome your life. But you know the power of the truth of the word of God. And what it does, it affects the way that you live and the way that you respond to the things of God. So this passage in Philippians 4 and 4 might seem odd to some, but for those that already know how God works, it's really a rallying cry to let them know that when you shout the way that you shout, that you are always set free because not only did the Lord change you, not only did he spare your life, some of y'all can testify that one day he really set you free. The Bible says that this same Paul in the same city of Philippi was arrested one night, Pastor. The Bible says that there was a little girl that was bound by a spirit of divination that was following him on his missionary journeys. She was the wrong person telling the right testimony, saying that these men be servants of the Most High God. The Bible says that they turned around, cast the devil out of the child, and were then thrown into prison. But it's in the book of Acts that the Bible says that and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto the Lord. And the Bible says it was then that a great earthquake came, and the Bible says that it loosed the chains that were on them and it loosed the fetters that were on their feet. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, how a praise will break through every amount of bondage that you have in your life. And some of you might not know Greek, Hebrew, or Aramaic, but I tell you there is power in lifting your hands toward heaven and telling God thank you. 
coming to that end that the Bible says that also the jail doors were in prison swung open and they had a latitude of walking out of the prison in the same way that they were led in. Sometimes you have to realize that a lawyer can't get you out of everything that you find yourself into. Sometimes you got to throw your hands toward heaven and ask the Lord to make a way out of no way. And some of y'all can testify on tonight that when the Lord does something for you that you couldn't have done for yourself, the very least that you can do is tell him thank you. So Paul says that when you look over everything that you find yourself into and everything that he brought you out of, he said rejoice in the Lord always. And he said again, I say rejoice. He said let your moderation be known unto all men because the Lord is at hand. But he said in everything but prayer with supplication to be prayed with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And he said the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I want you to know tonight that if you got peace in your heart, if you have peace in your mind, all you have to do is learn how to worship in the midst of your trials, to learn how to tell God thank you in the middle of your storms, to know how to lift your hands toward heaven when everything is falling apart in your life. You got to know how to get yourself in the aisle when the enemy is pressing you on every side, when you're down to your last dime, when friends walk away from you, when your family turns away from you. You got to learn how to tell God thank you. And some of y'all can testify on tonight that the more that you call on the name of the Lord, the more you praise him in spite of your pain, the more you shout in spite of your difficulty, you can testify that the Lord will always make a way. I feel like preaching in here. It's in an end that you got to learn how to say, God, I just thank you. Anybody in here know what it feels like just to tell God thank you. In the middle of your trial, you might not have everything that you want in your life, but you can thank God that you're not where you used to be. Grab somebody by the hand and say, tell them thank you for the time that you should have been dead, but you're sitting here on tonight, free, delivered, and healed. Tell somebody, just tell them thank you. Your family fell apart, but you still kept in your right mind. Somebody tell him thank you. For one day he saved your soul. Turn your testimony around. Somebody ought to tell God thank you in here. I don't know about any of you, but if I don't know the words to say, if I don't know the disposition, Pastor, that my heart should employ, All I can say is that my soul is thankful that I'll rejoice in the Lord always through the good and through the bad. When I'm happy and when I'm sad, that's your kind of glory. said, I'll praise him in all that I go through. I know what it feels like to go through the worst of the worst. To have people that should be walking along with me, talking about me turning their back on me but one thing that I learned about the Lord that when he said that he would never leave nor forsake he actually meant that when he told you that he would be your present help in the time of trouble he actually meant that when he told you that he would supply your need according to his riches and glory I'm a living witness that he actually meant that when he said it so to that end that when I come into his house I don't act like I don't know him 
as much as I like y'all, as much as I love you. I don't come here for none of y'all. I come here for what the Lord has done for me. And it's to that end that I know that one day, just as his word says, that one day he's going to come back. Not as the suffering servant, but as the righteous judge. The Bible says that he is going to judge both the quick, that means the living and the dead. And only those that reveal the manifest express interest of his son. That have the blood of Jesus and have washed away all their sins. Those will be the ones that will meet him. It's a beautiful sanctuary. But one day all of this will lay waste. Nice cars in the parking lot. We're going to nice homes. One day all of that will cease to be. But there is an eternal soul that each of us possesses that has to make its peace with God. Now, I don't care what you might have heard through the years. I don't care what theology you might have been introduced to. There is but one way to the Father. John 14 and 6, Jesus said it on this wise, where he says, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Watch this. No man comes to the Father except by me. And tonight I make a simple plea to you on tonight. I don't have much to offer you. I don't have eloquent words that can inspire many minds or to encourage you toward righteousness. All I have is simply this. If you don't want to die and go to hell, you need to know Jesus. And if you don't know him on tonight, while you're on the good side of eternity right now, <laughs> there's an opportunity for you to be introduced to him. It's a simple plea that I make to you on tonight, and it's this, whosoever will, let him come. I don't care what your life might be like right now. I don't know what you're engaging in, and frankly, it's not my place to judge. But I want you to know that whatever sin might be afflicting you, that we serve a God that is able to forgive every one of your sins and place you in his righteousness. So if there's one tonight that does not know the Lord, in the free pardoning of your sins as you're resting on your feet on tonight we extend to you salvation i'm not talking about joining the church because you can be a member of a church and still go to hell don't let nobody tell you nothing different you can be baptized and still go to hell i'm talking about receiving jesus as lord and savior of your life if there's one tonight that does not know the lord will you come tonight you might have heard him tugging at your heart you might have heard him whispering sweetly in your ear whosoever will let him come you are to come to Jesus make up your mind make up your mind 